Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how Christians should speak the truth in love about abortion. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about how Christians should speak the truth in love about abortion. And of course, we're not discussing this in a vacuum. The governor of New York just signed into law the Reproductive Health Act on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, making sure that abortions will continue unabated in the state regardless of federal action, and it drastically expanded the time when an abortion can be performed. Now, throughout all nine months of pregnancy, even to the point of birth itself, it will be legal to abort a baby. All legal protections children in the womb once had were revoked, defining a person as a a human being only once they're born. And to be clear, that is a drastically different definition from God's. And while man's laws may change year to year, God's law is eternal. It's never changing. And this hasn't gone unnoticed. People who have never been concerned about this are repulsed at this extreme law because while It may be difficult for some to see a nine-week-old baby as the loved child of God that they are. The moral injustice of killing a nine-month-old infant is apparent to anyone willing to open their eyes and see. At that point, even if you don't believe the Bible's definition for the beginning of our lives, this is clearly a child, and killing a child is just wrong. And it's a wrong that many have turned to politicians to end. But while politicians have inserted themselves in the center of this battle, politics won't save us from the sin of abortion. Laws alone simply don't have the power to make us righteous. Only Christ can do that. Of course, the Reproductive Health Act will most likely increase the number of abortions, making it easier to commit this sin. But whatever the law may be, if our hearts aren't right with Christ, sin will prevail regardless. Politicians will never solve this crisis alone, and God doesn't ask them to. It's easy to push the responsibility onto them, to elect them to form a government that will do the work God has called us to do for us. But the Bible makes it clear that the responsibility is first and foremost on us to confront sin. Yes, governments are called to uphold righteousness, to punish evil, not good, according to Romans 13, But the real work of preventing and undoing the damage of sin, that falls on the church, not government. And I think that's why Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 that when the body of Christ is working together, then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. In verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4 there. And when Christians are doing their job, we can prevent each other from being swayed by deceptive teaching and into sin because we are speaking the truth in love. When it comes to abortion, Christians should relentlessly speak the truth in love. First, we need to be truthful. We need to call abortion what it is. It's not just 
a debate that reflects the nastiness of politics. It's not just a, a litmus test for judicial nominees. It's not uh, an individual's right to privacy or a compassionate choice. It is the intentional killing of an unborn child. And you'll notice no one's willing to stand under that banner. You don't see people cheering that they want more killing of unborn children, at least not yet. They mask it with nicer labels. And, and that isn't unique to abortion. People have always tried to obscure the danger of sin by relabeling, by raising doubts about what God said. Even before the first sin, that's what Satan did to tempt Eve. He asked her, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And when Eve said yes, he said, we would die if we ate of it. The serpent says, you will certainly not die. The way the devil gets us to swallow sin is by obscuring the truth, by telling us it's not as bad as it is, or, or by calling it something that it's not. And so Christians, when we are talking about any sin, including abortion, we need to push back the rhetoric. We just need to speak the simple truth. Christians are called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5 that a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good, or good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We've got the truth and we cannot hide it. We can't waver. When it comes to addressing abortion, we must speak this truth with clarity and also we must exemplify with our actions, our love of life, to be a physical light to those around us, to show that there is an alternative to sin. Now, many people are still going to reject that absolute truth of God. You know, since the fall of Adam and Eve, mankind has been working to remove God from his role as the creator, his role as the sustainer, and his role as master and lord. Now, this isn't a problem just of our generation. All throughout time, people have worked to undermine God's authority. And today we reap the results. Without accepting God as the truth giver, the world is forced to create its own morality. And without any objective truth, what is right becomes fluid. It's determined by who has power. Might makes right. That's how we see things like New York's Reproductive Health Act. Uh, truth has become so ill-defined that some people now think it's okay to kill a nine-month-old baby, that it's something that we should even be cheering on. Christians are the ones with the responsibility to keep that light burning in the darkness, to speak the truth even when fewer and fewer people will. Speak the truth even when fewer and fewer people will. Remember Ephesians 4. If we are going to help each other, Paul was talking about within the church, but specifically there, but the principle really applies to anyone we want to help. If we're going to help each other, then we must speak the truth. This is how we protect each other from being tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here or there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Uh, the truth is required. But the way that truth is told matters. We must speak the truth in love when it comes to abortion. And we learn how to do that from Christ himself. Christ entered a world filled with death too. 
with a message that just about everyone rejected. He was spat upon, he was ridiculed, he was tortured, he was eventually executed for a crime he was innocent of. Jesus had the truth, and he had every reason to reveal it to us and leave us hopeless, to show us just how evil we were and abandon us in hate. We did not deserve his love. But Jesus never, for one moment, hated. He only loved. Now, Jesus never shied away from calling sin, sin. He overturned the money changers' tables in the temple. He was so righteously angry about their abuse. But he never hated. Even when he was surrounded by the dying and the lost, people who he knew had no hope on their own but still mistreated him, he loved them all. So much so that he died once and for all so that they could know the truth and by that truth be set free. That's how Jesus wants us to confront all sin, including abortion, with never-ending love. He asks us to compassionately share with others the consequence of sin and the alternative that Christ gave us. That's speaking the truth in love. And the truth about abortion is this. It is sin. And all sin has deadly consequences. But it's also a sin that can be overcome with Christ. Christians are set free from the burden of what we did, what we said in the past. Christ has his arms open to those who are ready to accept his truth. And Christians should have theirs open too. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.